apples were already falling from the trees before Isaac Newton was born. But no one wondered what made this happen. It just happened. Nor did we understand what forces govern the movement of objects or why heavenly bodies move the way they did. All this changed with Isaac Newton. Hi everybody, it's a pleasure to talk to one of the most influential people in our modern history. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaac Newton. Well, Isaac, tell us about Newton as a human being. You were born in the same year that another of the great ones dies, Galileo Galilei in 1642. And according to some people, God made it this way so that two minds did not coexist like that. <laughs> I was born quite a week. My childhood was normal. Unfortunately, my father died before I was born and my mother left me in the care of my grandmother and, and remained when I was three. One of the things I don't recognize is that the deep ditchment from my stepfather and the great periods of loneliness I suffered led me to immerse myself in books. I remember that as a child I stood out from my peers because I was quite crafty and intelligent. Oh, and who was Isaac Barrett? He was a great teacher. It was he who first recognized the genius of the young Newton, encouraging me to study mathematics and orienting me toward optics. Isaac, I understand that 1665 were the productive years of the plague, right? Uh, <laughs> right, when Cambridge University closed because of the plague, I had to go home. That was the most productive period of my life. I've always been convinced that in order to arrive at the true knowledge, one had to observe more than read books. You know, something instead of laying off texts about optics. I expected by sticking a blunt middle in my eye to see what effect it had. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but you must take big risks in your pursuit of knowledge. Incredible, Isaac. You really are a committed genius. During this time, you laid the foundation for your calculation theories and the laws of motion that would later make you famous. That's right. Speaking of optics, I would like to take advantage of this moment to review some of your great contributions to humanity and have you tell us a little bit about it. Of course. What do we start with? Well, tell us about the advances in the world of optics. I discovered that the white light coming from the sun was breaking down into all the other colors. The phenomenon of rainbows had always fascinated me, so I studied them and discovered that they were formed by the decomposition of white light into colors. What can you tell us about the development of mathematical calculation? I realized that the mathematical calculations of the time were insufficient, so I developed differential and integral calculus. 
a set of mathematical operations with an infinite numbers of applications that serve to calculate orbits and curves of the planets during their movements in space. Could we hear from Newton's own mouth the three fundamental laws of dynamic that laid the foundations of physics, since they allowed us to explain the forces that govern the mechanical behavior of objects? First law, law of inertia. This law postulates that every body remains in a state of rest, indefinitely, unless another object exercises a force on it. Second law, fundamental law of dynamics. This law states that the acceleration that a body adheres is directly proportional to the force that other body exerts on it. Third law, law of action and reaction. This law states that when an object exerts a force on a second body, the latter exerts on the first a force of equal magnitude, but it is opposite direction to that which it was received. Wonderful! Could we conclude with one of your maxims, the law of universal gravitation? It is a physical principle that describes the attraction between all bodies with mass. Any body with mass exerts a attraction, sorry, force, but the effects of the force are more noticeable when these objects are of a massive size, like the heavenly bodies. The law of gravity explains that the planets rotate around the sun and that the closer they are, the greater the force of attraction, which implies that the speed of translation is greater. It also explains that the moon rotates around the earth and what we are attracting to the interior of the earth, that is, that we are not falling. Isaac, has really been a pleasure to share this time with you, and as a bonus for the people who listen to us, could you reveal once and for all where the story of the apple comes from? <laughs> the blaze apple. While dealing with another member of the Royal Society, William Stockley, I remember that I had been sitting under an, a tree at my family's home in Hoshorp, and that seeing an apple fall was what made me think about gravity. It was also a story I told to my niece Clarice who took care of me in the final days. Whatever, the myth that the apple had fallen on my head was a learned invention. His work served as the basis for the scientific knowledge we have today. Both his theory of gravity and the invention of modern physics and engineering, he deeply believed that his function in the world was to decode the word of God through the study of nature. Ladies and gentlemen, Isaac Newton.